Hi, I'm Dino Tripotis, and tonight we talk with three creative people who have been coping with COVID-19 from the start, where they're at and where they're going. We are live in New York City tonight on Whiskey Business. and welcome to Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. And very cool new opening for those of you who just saw it. Many thanks to John Whitney and Dave Powers for giving us that wonderful music hanging at the lounge. Very cool stuff. As is tonight's podcast. Live from New York City tonight. I'll tell you who our guests are here in just a moment, but before we do that, I want to talk about New York City for just a second, the somewhat distant past, my experience with New York City. On September, I believe it was September 7th, maybe the 8th of 2001. I did what any good parent wanted to do, help his baby girl's dreams come true. The work was on her. She had to audition for the theater program at Marymount Manhattan. She got accepted. So we moved her up to New York City. It was quite the uh, quite the journey. Got her settled into her dorm room, said our tearful goodbyes, and wished her the best on her new experiences in New York City. Like I said, September 7th or the 8th of 2001. Then three days later, 9-11 occurred. And as a concerned parent, and her mother here as well, we were freaking out. The worst tragedy that ever happened on American soil was occurring while our daughter, our 18-year-old, 19-year-old at that point, I think, daughter, was in New York City. Couldn't reach her, couldn't get a hold of her uh, because the phone lines were down. Didn't know where she was, what she was doing. Didn't know if she had gotten up to do something touristy to check out her new surroundings. Uh, thank God she was uh, in her dorm room at the time, away from where everything was happening. But still, she was in the midst of the most tragic thing that happened on American soil and in the midst of it in New York City. And as the weeks and months went by and we recovered and we mourned the almost 3,000 lives that were lost and the 25,000 that were injured, uh, in that process, as we got past all that, I said to myself as the months and the years passed by that no matter what happened in New York City, it could never be as bad as 9-11. And 9-11 is a separate tragedy all on its own. But as far as lives being taken and life changing as we know it, because life did change back then after 9-11, it changed again with the arrival of COVID-19, it, 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 it snuck in and, and, and started to wreak its havoc. And New York City became the epicenter of it all initially. That's where it all started. And my daughter, once again, was in New York City working in the service industry, singer, songwriter, bar manager, bartender, working in there amongst the people. And once again, everything that I felt as a parent hit the panic mode. She's still in New York City. 
and she'll be joining us tonight along with two dear friends, Mike Greco, uh, wonderful composer, singer, songwriter, and our guest bartender from New York City tonight as well, <laughs> Kern Rodriguez will be joining us. So uh, welcome to Whiskey Business. As I said, the podcast, not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey as we are live in New York City, let's bring them all up here and say uh, a whiskey business hello. First, to Greg Hansberry, of course, can't do the podcast without him, and the incredible John Whitney on the video side. Johnny, beautiful opening. Thank, Thank you, you so sir. much. Appreciate it. No problem. Uh, I, I love the subtleties of it, just the, the cuts on the jump beats and Dave Powers, of course, with that amazing score. So that was a lot of fun. For those of you who didn't tune in right out of the gate, eh, you missed it. But yeah, um, that'll show you for being a couple minutes late. Yeah, we're trying yeah. some new things. Trying some new things. Yeah, Danielle, Mike, and and Kern will be joining us here in just a moment. But Hansberry, real quick, uh, some uh, some bitness before we get to to things. Uh, the, we've got a couple things to do here, including the guest bottle for this evening. So go ahead. Yeah, right. Uh, all the uh, all the boring important stuff. Uh, whiskey business, of course, is. Uh, uh, on uh, all your favorite podcasting yeah. platforms, uh, including iHeart and uh, Spotify now. So if uh, you prefer to find a podcast there, you can share it and like us there. Uh, on iTunes, give us a little review there if you can. Um, you can find us at Whiskey Business Pod also, where uh, all the uh, uh, podcast streams will be there, but also the YouTube stuff will be there. We have um, um, all of these uh, shows on YouTube as well, Whiskey Business with Dino Tripodis. Um, subscribe uh, there. Uh, we just click on the little bell down there, a little bell, and uh, it'll uh, let you know when you can, uh, whenever Ding. we post something new. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, Facebook, thank you for tuning in already. You can, again, right here, down here, share and, and like us as you go. Uh, if you're watching right now, share, and you can comment, and we'll be able to kind of engage with you in real time if you're listening and watching in real time uh instagram twitter um what else uh oh i think we're on that uh espn the last dance thing i think we're on i that. thought so yeah espn so. the last dance yeah well, that's yeah. the newest thing yeah. we're on yeah, uh, that's, uh, dino you're such an asshole in the last dance it's just yeah amazing. what the hell i know, they I know. About, everybody yeah. everything you thought about michael jordan and dino chapotas was just shot to hell yeah, there in, in, in the, you know before it was all said and done <laughs> well, one of our favorite things we do, uh, we have a bunch of fun little whiskey uh, wisdom, uh, short films, short little quick things that uh, John uh, filmed and, and uh, Dino wrote, and uh, we've been putting those out on social media, so uh, you'll be able to find all those there, but also we wanted to actually share last week's with you now. Uh, we forgot to get it last week, um, but uh, just fun little, little liquor-fueled words of wisdom. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not a single <laughs> about prostitutes or opium dens. Becoming a man. I've come to learn this. There's no bad place to sleep when you're drunk. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I've never been more proud it was like it when in uh bill murray and lost in translation when he was you know filming the liquor commercial yeah and like by the end bill murray's just sloppy that was 100 <laughs> percent that was that was an apple juice dino was drinking right there by uh, the by, by the 14th one we were pretty sloppy it's uh, a little backstory on that particular 
piece of wisdom. Uh, I don't know what year it was, but I submitted that quote to uh, Esquire's meaning of life issue. And they actually printed that particular quote. They selected it. I sent them <laughs> half a dozen or no, but that was the one. And it's like, okay, the first time I'm actually published in Esquire, that's what, that, that's what I'm going to be remembered by. There's that's no it. bad place to sleep when you're drunk. Amen. But it's, <laughs> it's, it's so true. Speaking of drunk, yeah. tonight's, tonight's guest bottle, there's going to be, when we have our guest bartender on here in just a moment, there's going to be a recipe with some rye whiskey. So rye uh, seems to be the theme of the night uh, here at Whiskey Business. I'm going uh, uh, very high class because I'm all by myself with the old Maysville Club Rye. This is from the good folks at Old Pogue. If you oh, get down to Maysville, oh, so go to, yeah, go check out Old Pogue. And this is their their rye. This is a 100% rye mash bill that has uh, uh, been malted as well. And it retails for about 80 bucks a bottle. And I'm here to tell you, it's worth every single dollar that you might pay for it if you happen to happen to have the opportunity to come across it and pick it up. So we've got, I'm sorry, boys. I have the old Maysville Club Rye. John Whitney is drinking something from Canada, a little Crown Royal Canadian Classic. rye whiskey. And uh, Hansberry is going with the Buffalo Trace that he picked up when he went away for the Memorial Day weekend. Oh, so nice. lucky bastard. <laughs> so two rise and uh, our, our guest cocktail tonight will be made from a, a bartender friend uh, in, in New York City. As I mentioned, we are live with everybody from New York City. So let's bring the gang in, shall we? My daughter, Danielle Tripodis, Mike Greco. And Kern Rodriguez, our guest bartender as well. First of all, uh, yeah, we're, we're actually pulling this off. Thank you guys, all three of you, for joining us tonight. Um, hi, Dig. Nice to see you. Uh, Dig, I'm sorry. Dig is the affectionate little name I have for my, my daughter. Nice. Um, yeah. And uh, and Mike, always good to see you too. What's you my know, I love name, do you know? What's your what's your name? Uh, My affectionate you, name. Your, your affectionate name. Well, I. You don't can I know. say this without being offensive? <laughs> can I say without being offensive? I call you two Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> I love that show. <laughs> nice. Shamil Shamazo, I think it was. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Hassan Fifth Incorporated. Yeah, I, don't know, I don't know which I don't know which one is Laverne to your to the Shirley. I, I, I've caught Laverne and Shirley, Thelma Louise, but uh, I love uh, Mike is a, a great guy, a very talented guy, as is, uh, uh, he said braggingly, my daughter, Danielle, Danielle Tyler, her stage name, but she she uh, gave me the the love to actually go with Tripodis this evening. Thank you. Thank you. For, thank, you thank you for going with your, your given name. Every, uh, how, how nice of you to go with is too lazy to, to try to say it so it you know so you just <laughs> that, that really and truly that that's years back that's that's really why that happened so but that's a story for another time in the show or so maybe what you're saying is that my career might have been entirely different if i would have dropped tripodis and gone with something with just two syllables 
I got it. No, I see. No. I see. I see where I messed up. All right. I got it. I got it. Now people are oversaturated now. They don't want to think about anything. So I yeah, I they, had to change my name because people don't even use their words. They abbreviate. They can't so, even get through 30 seconds of a song. Yeah, no. So culture <laughs> made me do it. He's not wrong. So as we are broadcasting and recording <laughs> this live, uh this podcast finds all three of you in good health, I take it. Yes. Yeah. So, so far, so good. far. Not- Asymptomatic. <laughs> yep. Nice. Uh, We're going to talk about that a little bit more later, as because all three of you have been there from the start of this crazy COVID journey and have remained in New York City during all of this. So part of the conversation tonight, in addition to some laughs and some memories and some of the fun stuff that you guys, Mike and Danielle, have done in the past, which I'm very much looking forward to sharing, uh, will be, uh, part of the conversation will be what you were thinking when this first hit because you were all exposed to tons of people prior to it. Oh, like the germ tundra, for sure. Yeah, right, right. We'll talk about that how you handled it in the midst of it, and more importantly, where we're going. Because when we look at the past, and when we look at the past and some of the things that you guys done, it's kind of bittersweet in a way to, to reflect back on some of the fun things you've done and wonder if moving forward, you're going to have some of the same good times that we're going to share a little bit later on in the program. But we invited uh, you two um, because I love you both. And we and Danielle invited Kern Rodriguez, a, a pleasure, sir, to meet you because we thought if we're going to have a, a broadcast from New York City, let's get a New York City bartender to make us a special drink for tonight's installment of NYC Live. Kern Rodriguez, you uh, are, are you are you not back to work yet because that, oh, that God, no. is, still <laughs> shut, is still shut down. So you have plenty of time to sit and make us a cocktail. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, I would say like going back to like uh, once everything had started, I mean, like I think just before we actually knew like the gravity of what was going on, I must have hugged and shook hands with so many customers and regulars. And I mean, like did everything completely wrong. So <laughs> but, but you didn't, so but you didn't know okay. it was wrong. You didn't know we, it was wrong at the time. We we had no clue at the time. I no, mean, it of course was like, not. I, yeah. I figure like all the years, I mean, aside from anything that's really affected me, you know, like let's say 9-11, which was right here on our soil. I mean, growing up as a kid, you, you'd hear about hoof and mouth disease. You'd hear about SARS. You'd hear about all these things, but it never affected us because it was, you know, across the sea. So it was like one of those things, like as Americans, we're like, ah, whatever. I'll take care of that shit. Well, I'm, I'm glad you're healthy and joining us tonight yeah. because tonight you're going yeah. to make us a very special cocktail. So let's get to it. And John Whitney actually has as many of the ingredients as you have. All of except them. For the, Absolutely. Except for the Pops whiskey because we don't have that in Ohio. No. Uh, so, yeah, but, this is a fun whiskey brand because it's um a guy who's living in Austin. He bought uh, barrels of rye whiskey from Canada. Um, using water from Austin, Texas, and uh, it's really floral, really delicious. And I'm telling you, this is one of the first batches he made. The second batch he told me is going to be really funky and delicious. Nice. But okay. um, 
I like the ride. Around. That's oh, yeah. what all the distillers say. Wait till you taste my second yeah, that's one. Keep yeah. coming yeah. back. <laughs> Wait till you see that one. All right, so what yeah, are you making cool. for us tonight, Kern? So this is called the Brown Derby. So this uh, is actually made from uh, the Buzzo Cardoza company that originated in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and it was a printing company. So they would make like uh, basically like gift cards and posters, and um, they moved the company over to Hollywood. And um, what was really interesting was the Brown Derby itself is actually named after a hat-shaped diner in the 1930s in uh, downtown L.A. I'm familiar with that. Yes, I am. Yeah. So it's so uh, this. This, mm -hmm. this drink is called the the Brown Derby. Brown Derby. Yep. 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 All right. And so what? So what do we do to make it? So this over here, um, you get three quarters ounce. Johnny, of, uh, you ready? Surfer. I'm doing it. I'll go for yep. it. <laughs> yep, yep. So we're doing a three quarters ounce of uh, honey syrup. All right. Whoa, slow down. How many ounces? Three quarters. Three quarters of an ounce. No worries. You pouring that, Johnny? Yeah, well, is it close to a teaspoon? <laughs> you know what? I would say, let me see that teaspoon you got. I, I can eyeball it and tell you right now. You know what? Do two of those. Ah, two of those. Shit, that's sweet as two fuck. Two of those. All right. No, 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 because I'm telling you, it's going to make up with the grapefruit juice. Ah, you're right. That's very tart. You're right. And it's right. going to just strengthen it out. I'm telling you. All right. Everyone yes. gets weirded out just with sugar and coffee. Like the simple syrup bullet, Johnny, and make the drink. We've got I'm a doing whole it. Show. I did it. Sick. Oh, yes. man. We're going to do one ounce of grapefruit juice. Um, this one I just freshly squeezed myself. Is it is it is it two parts alcohol and one part uh, uh, juice or no? Yeah, that's the best way to look at it. So it's two that's ounces, how I'm two doing parts it. alcohol, <laughs> one part juice, and right. it's it's almost like you would call like you know three quarters of a part of the simple syrup. Okay. This one we're doing a honey syrup with that, and with this whiskey we're going to do two ounces of this. Oh, that part he'll get right. Whiskey. That part he'll get right. That part doesn't care how much he pours. No, I'm measuring. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm measuring. measuring. See, I got I'm okay, measuring. Yeah. I got a measure. All right, all right, fair enough. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, all right now, leaves, leaves the podcast. I'm taking. I'm taking a big old ice cube right here. He ain't going to. Popping a sucker in there. I'm right here. Yeah. I'm drinking with you guys. Are you putting ice in the in the in the shaker? That's correct. All right. All so right, it says, right. everyone, in case you don't normally shake cocktails. The best way I would tell you, like whether it's a big cube or like fast burning ice or like the simple ice that you have in your freezer, shake it to a point when you can actually hear and feel it where it sounds like slush. That's when you stop. And then that's when you pour it. That is the best mm -hmm. advice. Anytime you're shaking a cocktail for the first time. So you're like, am I shaking it too long? Am I shaking it too less? Believe it or not, you can literally hear it and feel it as you're shaking it. So when, when does the raspberry come in? Nice. This is the guy who can't even make a gin and tonic. Oh, there you go. <laughs> He's got a lot more style than I do. Yeah. He does. Dance on the table, Johnny. This is half of my workout because other than that, I just got a beer gut right here, you know? Okay. Hey, hey where does the raspberry uh, What is it, Lassie? What is it, Lassie? I hear a dog. I'm is like, trouble? It's a little hairy over here. Did John make the cocktail wrong? <laughs> I'm surprised that Donnie's trying to make a cocktail. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting serious that, on this. 
Yeah. Is Timmy drunk? What is it, Lassie? <laughs> <laughs> All right, go ahead. Finish up. And so what I like to do to finish this off, you take a scant amount of the raspberry jam, preserves right here. Scant. What so it's putting? like basically you don't want to put a full teaspoon. You just want to take like basically at the end of your spoon just about that much. Because you already have the sweetness from the uh, honey syrup. So you don't want to make it too sweet. But what's great about the preserves, it just gives it the Are you putting it, it in the, the shaker? Part. What are you doing? You put it in the shaker? It's going to go right in the shaker. Thank you. <laughs> hey, Dina, what's the difference between jelly and jam? <laughs> <laughs> and jelly don't shake like that. Or yeah, jam it doesn't don't shake like that at all. <laughs> I don't care which one it is. All right. And this way you just give it a quick shake. Damn those arms, Kern. <laughs> the, the way Kern and I shake when we're working together is just infinite. Like I'm just like, and Kern yeah. doing his whole very robust. Yeah, and right into the glass, right? <clears throat> Pouring right into a glass, no ice, no garnish. But I preferably, I like to use like a little bit of a grapefruit peel. Just express this. Express right into the cocktail. So basically, I want to make sure you guys can actually see this better because let me just bring the camera down. Yeah, let's see. Let's oh, take a that All look right. Nice. Yours looks like a real cocktail. What's yours look like, Johnny? It looks like a cocktail, but nobody told me about the express. Oh, there's uh, no. Well, this is just a preference. So it's not to say you have to use it, but you know, you just express a little bit of oil yeah. put on the glass because you know why? It just gives it this nice little fragrant smell as you like bring the glass to your face, yeah. and it That's just like funny. activates the olfactory senses. So, so Johnny's was, got his, his cat yeah. glass, which Danielle he got because he knows you love cats. That is a dope glass. <laughs> it's probably if there's like a Wikipedia about me ever being existing, yeah. all it's gonna say at this point. Uh, Johnny got the cat glass uh, as a homage to you. So that is the brown derby. What's it taste like, Johnny? It's really yeah. good. It's sweet. It's not very tart. You can you can taste the uh, what is the uh, uh, I guess the grapefruit just a little bit. I love it. It's really good. Yep. Nice. And it's not too sweet, not too bitter. You know, it balances out with everything, especially the type of whiskey you use. And again, this is just like a fun drink that was just made in the 1930s. You know. How do you make it? Classic cocktails, man. They're, they they've made a huge comeback in the the craft cocktail, I should say, has made a huge comeback in recent mm -hmm. years. Kern, I want to thank you so much for for indulging us and teaching John Whitney how to make a cocktail, which he'll probably never remember how to make again. Yeah. No worries. <laughs> Email me anytime, buddy. Don't worry. Listen, I I I'm an old fashioned guy, so I I, I make old fashions all the time. Ooh. Really, you've never made, you've never made me an old fashioned ever. You've never asked, but I will. I will if you want. You're right. You know You're what, right. Whitney? I'll teach you how to make an American trilogy. It's a dope old-fashioned. Oh. An American oh. All right. Yeah. I make a pretty good one. You can well, try it. It's if rye whiskey and uh, apple calvados, like an apple brandy, as a baby, and it's the driest, awesome old-fashioned ever. Wait, it's, 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 it's not, it's, it's not an old-fashioned. Apple Commodos. <laughs> apple Commodos. Is that what is what? that? Is that a is that a resort in St. Martin? <laughs> <laughs> no, sometimes you just got to have a special invite. You know what I mean? 
right, Kern, take a, take a picture of that cocktail, and then we'll put it up on the Instagram page with uh, your instructions, your, your, your ingredients yeah, with your there. Recipe. With your recipe and Absolutely. everything else. Kern Rodriguez, everybody who's watching live, thank you so much, buddy. I appreciate it. Hit up his Venmo it is Venmo account as well. Venmo at uh, Kern Rodriguez. Ken Rodriguez is an accountant in uh, 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 some place. I don't know who Ken Rodriguez is. No, wrong, Kern, wrong guy. Kern Rodriguez. Like most uh, uh, people, uh, industry uh, people, he's 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 affected by the COVID. So you know, uh, uh, if throw him a couple bucks, yep. I'm sure he'll you know he could buy some great. Really food. appreciate it. Thank you so much, guys. This is so much fun. I would love to come Thank back and do another cocktail with you. Uh, you know what? We got all your information. We'll definitely take advantage of your generosity, my friend. Thank you for being with us tonight. I appreciate it. Appreciate Kurt it. Kurt Rodriguez in New York City. As we shift over uh, to the dynamic duo, up, Danielle Tripotis and Mike Greco. There, there, there are there are two peas in the Tripotis pod, as it were. Nice to have you both. You know, it's nice to see you both on the podcast. I appreciate you coming in tonight. You guys aren't drinking whiskey at all. What are you drinking? What are you what are you what are you imbibing in this evening? Right now we're drinking champagne, but that's gonna run out real quick. Yes. <clears throat> and then and then what will you go to? I what do you have? Probably wine. Wine. <laughs> wine, yeah. Wine. Mm -hmm. Although I will say I I have been taking advantage of my solitude with whiskey um through this whole debacle because whiskey in public in crowded places, it makes me mad like angry <laughs> i can't drink it around groups of people that might aggravate you. Yeah. my drunk alter ego so i i i never drink it when i'm out with my friends but being by by myself i get mad i i feel that i way can too. only get mad at myself so i drink it i've been enjoying it like as a nightcap at home yeah because we i'm by myself i wouldn't get mad so at you. The, the brown liquor makes you angry is what you're saying it, it does to me, it does to me too yeah. Uh, -huh. uh, you know, the only experience I have with my daughter in brown liquor was her 21st birthday when I actually came to New York City and my daughter decided that she wanted to go toe to toe with me on uh, shots of Jack Daniels. Oh, no. No, that didn't turn out very well, did it? No. It did not. Not for her. No. Not for her at all. Not for her at all. No, no, no. Uh, I remember. Uh, putting her in a cab and going back to the hotel and putting her into bed and giving her a little kiss on the forehead. And in the morning she woke up and I was having some coffee and I said, how do you feel? And she no. said, quote, yes, quote, quote, I yes. asked you how you felt. Rewind in a second. Quote, Jessica says, hi. Oh, okay. Hi, Jess. You felt like ass. I believe. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, Danielle. Oh my God! But no, but hold on, you're leaving out a chunk. What chunk? What he's still my my good friend to this day, my friend Mark Gessner. He might even be watching this. I don't know. Hey, Mark. Um, he, Mark was there. Thank God, he's like abnormally tall and long limbed. And at one point in the last bar we were at, I like said something to somebody, and I shot guns at him, and I just literally blacked out and tipped backwards off my bar stool and he caught me. So the two of you put me in the cab that I almost barfed in. The two of you 
dropped me off at the hotel. And then the two of you went and ate roast beef at Katz's Deli. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Once I knew you were safe, once I knew you were safe and sound, I got a sandwich. You're in New York City. Go do it. As one does. Roast beef. Yeah. 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 Yeah, okay. Yeah, like should be all right. Should be all right. Yeah, a, a sandwich always seems to come into play because Hansberry had a question. Go ahead, Hansberry. Ask it now while yeah, we're talking. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. Well, yeah. As we're as we're clearing up some stories and and rumors from the past, one of the infamous uh, Danielle stories is uh, uh, Dino would uh, you, he used to hang out at the Blue Danube. God rest its soul, not there anymore. And uh, he tells a story about how he would pile in a booth and you would be there, a little five year old Danielle. After after gigs at the Funny Bone or whatever it was, and uh, you'd just be sitting there t- at two or three o'clock in the morning, closing down the bar with them, sleep sleep in the in the booth. Can't imagine why I turned out the way I did. But so I mean, yeah. So I, my question is, what you know? Let, I've heard his version of that story a, a handful of times. Do you have any recollection of of? We uh, do. I remember the whole thing. I mean, I remember it. Look, I'm grateful for that. You don't, I you think, don't remember the whole thing. <laughs> you don't. <laughs> I, you know, there's like you get flashes, like these like hearty flashes of, of memories in your life from when you're little. I totally do. I, You know, that that heavy sleepiness you get when you're a kid and you don't even care like where you are. You just have to pass out. I mean, I still get that now, but it's like that heavy sleepiness and waking up. And, you know, everybody remembers what it feels like to lose a tooth hopefully in their childhood and not in their adulthood, but, <laughs> but just that, that like wiggly that you taste the blood. Like, you're just like, uh Oh, like something isn't there that was supposed to be there. It's like, whoop, it, you just know that like the tooth is not there anymore. I just remember waking up and being like, Oh, did you lose a tooth at the dube? I lost a tooth there. <laughs> Are you okay? Pod? You have amnesia. <laughs> Yeah, I don't remember you right. so What was it in a bar? Oh, wait a minute. Or did it wait just come minute. out? No, no, you know what? I do. I do. I do because I remember when she lost the tooth. Analogy. When she lost the tooth. When she lost the tooth. I'm never having her on the show again. You gotta you gotta, you gotta remember. You gotta remember that when she lost the tooth, that I was divorced from her mother, and that was my weekend to have her. And when she lost the tooth, she lost it on my watch. Her mother was living in Upper Arlington. I was living in a small uh, one-bedroom apartment in in Clintonville above a hardware store, and when I when I put money under her pillow for the tooth, I gave her uh, like two dollars for the tooth, and and she said to me, she said to me, she goes, oh, when the tooth fairy comes at my house. Uh, she leaves five dollars, and I said, <laughs> and I said, and I said, that's the Upper Arlington Tooth Fairy. <laughs> this, this is this is the Clintonville Tooth Fairy. <laughs> we're on a we're on a little stricter budget down here in Clintonville in the one bedroom apartment above a hardware store. So yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> so I, yeah, Mary- I do remember that. I didn't think I don't remember it happening that night, but okay. All right, so so it did happen, and uh, you remember it, I guess, fondly, right? You know, you lost lost a tooth, you got a couple bucks out of it. A thing about it, I mean, you know, it's it. I'm grateful for it. I think it's interesting and cool. And my parents didn't hide it. They they sheltered me just enough. They didn't hide anything from me. I mean, my mom was crazy, also in the best way. Like my mom 
had a whole cabaret life that she lived and I went to rehearsals with her. And I mean, I saw stuff, yeah. not too much stuff, just enough stuff to acclimate me to be, you know, I guess what I am. Cool. To it helped shape you. It helped shape you. <laughs> but yeah. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's her awesome. mom was, a, her mom was an amazing dancer uh, back, back in her day when, and, and uh, so yeah, the, the whole talent thing is genetic, I guess, to some extent. It's like in, not an we, that I work at. We, we told that story when Michael Loftus was when Michael Loftus was on and, and 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 reminded him of that story and and because I was defending myself saying I'm a good I'm a good parent and Loftus like <laughs> at two in the morning goes yeah yes yeah, Michael say you're a good parent you got a five year old asleep in the booth next to you at two o'clock in the morning at a bar I'm like mm, well. that's with you and not a babysitter yeah, exactly exactly yeah. there I didn't you go you off, I didn't pawn you off <laughs> okay. All right, <laughs> moving moving forward, moving forward. Let's talk. Let's talk for a second about about stuff. You guys are both uh, entertainers. You're both musicians, Danielle. Uh, I will say braggingly that you're a magnificent singer songwriter, Mike. You make amazing music and and have uh, accompanied uh, uh, a ton of great people that list could go on forever but you also compose music on your own which we will get to here in just a second with a little sample video of some of the stuff that you did um, <laughs> but you guys have also worked together amazingly well over the years in so many things danielle you see the picture that's up there right now oh, what I is that picture that is from uh we toured in an abba show as benny and frida uh, that which ironically are married and people yes. delusionally like to believe that that is also real. Um, yeah, they they think that we're married. They think that we're married, but actually, a lot of people show. think that a, I, that a lot of people do think that we're a couple. We're not. He's gay. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? I gotta be honest with you. If you guys got married tomorrow, I'd be perfectly okay with that. Uh, I, think, I, think, I, I, I think I I think you're great. Yeah, yeah, Mike. I've said it before. It may come to that at some point. You know? I said it before. You're the son I never wanted, but you're the son-in-law that I would I would accept. Uh, <laughs> Tell me all the with time. Open arms. <laughs> might might become I, might become like the financially savvy thing to do at some point because we're inevitably gonna die together so <laughs> just get some health insurance out of it yeah exactly well mike you well, and i have that in common he always tells me the son he doesn't want to have anything to do with also so <laughs> there you go yeah, that's, that's true i have a lot of sons that i don't want but i oh, you, know, as you, far as, you really have as you know about mike is concerned and from the time i met him and, and from what everything i've heard i haven't seen uh i haven't met anybody that's been uh there for my daughter more true than you so right that's, there that alone my friend oh so that's how that works he, that that, he that alone guardian angel at all times him and marianne piccolo she's watching right now hi marianne yeah marianne says she was screaming over the tooth fairy story so <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah so you guys did you guys did the abba the abba show thing you did it on cruise ships you did it or or or, or uh, no, you did it on tours. You did it in night uh, around, around the U.S. Yeah. yeah, only in the United States, but a lot of places in the United States. Yeah. Uh, bars. Clubs. Places probably that Retirement homes. Yeah, retirement yeah. homes. I mean, everywhere. everywhere. Did you like it? Did you enjoy it? Was it fun? 
Yeah. That particular photo is from a That's casino. a New York show. Yeah, that's, that's a, from New York um, the Resorts World Casino, yeah. which was a casino that opened up by Belmont Racetrack. Correct. So that was a cool show, and it was a cool stage, too. It's, like, above all the slot machines, like, yeah. on a platform, and it's a, it's a cool place. It no, we, cool place. we really enjoyed it. If I think that if we weren't together doing it... Maybe not as much. It, it wouldn't have been as yeah. enjoyable, but... Um, and we had cool, we had cool people with us, Kent Thompson, oh, Joe the, Young, the best musicians, you know, like, yeah. and it was Oscar, everybody, Oscar Hogdahl, totally. Frank, you know, we had people that we, everybody with. put on their blouse and they gave it all they got. Yeah, it was fun. You guys, you guys are doing a bunch <laughs> of nice blouse. shout outs. And like I said, Mike, you've accompanied a bunch of people. You always seem like you're in the background, but you're such an integral part of everything, including, I would assume, um, let's get that picture of Amy Winehouse or not Amy Winehouse, that picture of my daughter, Danielle oh, yeah. as Amy Winehouse. Let's get the picture up first. Explain <laughs> that picture. Uh, well, we, we did a show, uh, Marianne and Mike have a tribute company called damn the light productions. And, um, one of the original shows that they launched that company with, um, was uh, called Tears Dry on their own, which is an Amy Winehouse tribute, and that was me. And there's Mike right back there, and Marianne was running around directing the whole thing, and um, it was amazing. It was one of the most special things I've ever been a part of, I mean, really and truly. And it was exciting and... We'll continue to do it. Yeah, at some we'll point. continue to do it at some point. The show. I would love. I, 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 that was one of the shows that I actually regretted missing and not seeing, but I know that it popped up. It was, it's on YouTube, and um, we're actually going to go to a small clip of that here in just a second to share some of that magical night that was uh, happening. Uh, it was amazing. Hey, Daniel, you did that particular show. So whenever we can get to that YouTube clip, Johnny, that'd be amazing. Here we go. Run out to meet your chance of bitter. You say where we marry, cause you're not bitter. There'll be none of them, no more. I cry for you on the kitchen. I cheated myself. Yeah. Like I knew I would. Glamour. Told you. Oh man, I love that. You know, I, I watch it. And I forget that I'm, I forget that I'm watching my kid. So I mean, that's, uh, you, that's, you look and sound just like Amy Winehouse. It's unbelievable. Well done. Nice that's job, pretty guys. Cool. 
Mary Ann says, let's bring it to Ohio. Hell yeah, let's bring it to Ohio. Let's do it. Bring the show to Ohio. We could we could put we know enough people here in Columbus that we could put that show on in a heartbeat. Oh yeah, for and, sure. Why should we keep this clown show all to ourselves out here in New York? <laughs> let's take it on the road. We could bring it to Ohio in a heartbeat. In addition to that, there's uh and I and I'm bringing up all this this stuff from the past because, like I said earlier in the podcast, it it, it it's for a reason because I, I want to ask you some questions as we move forward to the future. But uh, uh, the, a lot of tribute shows, Johnny. There, you got a bunch of photos there. There's one of her, Danielle, from. Uh, they did a Prince tribute. They did a. There's an annual Madonna-thon uh, that they do on a regular basis, um, and. Uh, when we get to some of the, they're not popping up. You're shaking your head, Johnny. Okay. Something so, happened. So. Like, Something happened. I'm, right, well, I'm going to give you, I'm giving you a heads up. To, I'm giving you a heads up to look for the, uh, what did Kern make you, man? Jeez. Dude, I'm telling <laughs> you. How much preserves did you put in that cocktail? No, I too much raspberry. I'm giving you a heads raspberry. up. To look, I'm giving you a heads up to look for the lip to, to try to get the lift them up video up here in a second. Uh, yeah. Well, that one's queued up. That one's queued up. Okay. Yeah, that one's ready to go. Uh, let's, shift over, let's shift over to Mr. Greco for a second, if we if we could please. Yeah. Okay. How about that? Go ahead, Danny. What video from Madonnathon? Um, oh, they don't Vogue. have that. Uh, I forgot to send that. But no, we've we've really been afforded the opportunity to perform in some of the best venues ever in New York City New York, through a yeah. lot of these shows, and it's it's you know we don't take it for granted. So. And we yeah. get the best music that was ever made in those venues and yeah, the all shit great. that we're stuck with today. So, <laughs> um, But this particular song that we're going to show video of right now, this is something that Mike actually yes! composed. Yes, yes, yes. Right? And you're in it, too. <laughs> well, my, my hair's bopping around in there somewhere. but <laughs> Somewhere. This is, this is for the Stonewall anniversary. Yes. And it's it's it, it's a song that Mike wrote called Lift Them Up. Uh, you'll see some... Uh, Come on. You'll well, just let the, you know, Johnny, run it. We'll talk after. This is our day to find a way. I know him. One way or one scared, I will be there. <laughs> Dina's got that necklace. <laughs> Debbie Harry, well done. Lift them up. I mean, that's, I mean, Mike. One little clown car. Bonnie's in it. She's singing his song. Mike, Mike, how did it, how did it come to be, Mike, that you were selected or, or picked to write a song for that particular anniversary? And, 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 just, and how did that all come about? Honestly, um, 
you know, I, I had a song that I was thinking about using for uh, the 50th anniversary of Pride, of the Stonewall Riots, rather. And um, I was on tour with Sharon Needles at the time. And I said, what if we just get a group of friends together and do this song? And hopefully um, we can raise some money for some charities. That was that was the point. And Sharon was like, that's a great idea. So I, we workshopped the song together, her and I, and we wrote some lyrics. And slowly over the months, we asked people if they would like to be involved. And um, thankfully, everyone was very very much into it. So that's how that. Let's uh, let's let's back up a second. Sharon Needles, um, yes. who we we almost had on this podcast tonight, correct? She would have chimed in. She loves <laughs> she she's obsessed with your daughter. So it's the love is so mutual. Yes, so. and Sharon Needles actually won RuPaul's Drag Race yes. season four. Yes. Season mm. four, because um, one of the so Sharon Needles probably, not probably, definitely has to know. Uh, our own Nina West here in Columbus, Ohio. Oh, who, oh for sure, for sure, yeah, for sure. yeah, right, right. Because Nina was on the last. They're actually good friends. Yes. Yeah, and we've been trying to get Nina on this podcast forever. She's a drunk. So, it should be easy. You should do. Oh. A <laughs> yeah, you should do a a whiskey drag cast. Yeah. <laughs> So maybe, maybe between your connections and so forth, maybe we get we get them both on. I think yeah, it sounds like would, a great idea. That'd be great. That'd be fun. That'd be amazing. Yeah, prepare, prepare uh -huh. yourselves. And because really and truly, though, yeah, get like get dude, ready. Be sure it's a decision. <laughs> the choice. Drag, drag that. Well, you know, the reason the reason I've been holding off is I don't. If I get them on, I honestly don't want to do it remotely if i mean well with sharon maybe we'll bring in her here remotely but nina if she's in columbus i want i would actually like to be face to face i miss doing the face to face podcast so um uh mike and danielle i'm gonna count on you two to to share this conversation with yeah. sharon will. and will. move that no pun intended no pun intended move that needle over yeah. towards <laughs> Uh, uh, Nina. Share the needle. Share the needle. Yeah, yeah. Share the needle. Sharing the needle. Sharing the needle for sure. All right. So let me ask you this, guys. As you look past on these clips, you see the the pictures of Abba, and you see the Amy Winehouse, and you see Mike even even lift them up, and then this thing uh, hits New York City and completely devastates your lives, takes away your livelihood from both a musical standpoint. And making a living standpoint, you know, working in the bars, paying the rent, so forth and so on. Um, yeah, it's a great picture. I love that picture. I love that picture. Um, so when this thing hits and you realize the severity of it, what are you first thinking in the early stages when this first comes to New York City? I remember, Danielle, you telling me I'm scared because a girl I just worked with a week ago uh got tested and she has the COVID, and you were panicked yeah i mean i think like i don't know it takes different shapes and different shades throughout because you don't you you can only process as much information as you're given and obviously at the beginning when you're unprepared for that 
level of like devastation and destruction, you're, you're not prepared. So you're just trying to like gauge it as you go along. And I mean, of course I was scared. Like, and I continued to be more scared because the, the sliding scale was so all over the place. It was like some people would just not be able to taste anything and have a headache. And some people would be in comas and there was no, it was like this death roulette that was being tossed around where you didn't, you had no way of knowing how it was going to affect you. Can I get it twice? Am I going to get it really bad? Do you know, like you just don't know. And like that creates paranoia. And then being inside all of the time creates all this space to think. And then you think and think and think. And like, you know, I, I don't mind being by myself, but in the beginning I got used to it and I started to actually really probably enjoy my solitude a little too much. I mean, <laughs> like your dad. It's kind of great, but like, <laughs> But she yeah. is her, her her father's daughter. Yeah, for sure. I'm like, I'm like all like, you know, I'm in my, I haven't put on pants in three months. God help me when I have to be a startling event. Yeah, she's not wearing pants right now. I'm Dina. wearing pants. I'm wearing sweatpants. They don't count. But I'm just saying like, you know, like you're all you're like winking at the TV like cheers. I don't have anything to do tomorrow. And it's like, you know, in that respect, it's great. But that is a luxury. Like if you are able to be home and catch up on your shows and do all that stuff, that is a luxury. You are lucky that that is your reality in this situation. Because for so many people, people that we're close to, we have known people that have passed away. We know people that are in comas. We know people that are separated from their families. It's like, I don't take it for granted. I do not look at this as a free vacation and like kicking my feet up to catch up on Bravo. Like, sure, I enjoy it because I work my ass off and it's nice to watch TV for a second, but that's not the point. So, and it's also not to be taken for granted because we don't know if this can mutate, we don't know if we're going to have a second wave. We don't know any of that stuff. And we're in the thick of it. So I'm keeping my ass home. I'm not going out. I'm not drinking on the street. I'm wearing a mask. I'm, this is the first time we've seen each yeah, other. Yeah, we've been upset. I mean, we're. Yeah. this is my best friend. This is the person that I suffer the most without. And I haven't seen him, but for maybe a flash. On the street. On the street here and Six there. Six feet away. Yeah, in months. So, you know. I but we waited this. We I, I purposely waited this long to talk to the both of you because I did want things to, I guess, on a, on a worldwide level, ease up a little bit. You know, um, even here in Ohio, you know, they they lifted the stay at home order and and people can go out and commingle, if you will, with with safe distancing and so forth and so on. And bars and restaurants are opening up here. What's the bars and restaurant situation in New York as we speak? There is none. There is none. And you know what? They're letting people be stupid versus making everyone stupid. Like, you know, we can't, they're not stopping people from being ass to elbows on the street necessarily, but they're not opening up these public places because it's too soon. You know, it just is. And, and it's human nature to want to make up your own rules and want to jump the gun and want to get out and want to be in the sun and see people. You can say, look how hard it is even to just get people to put something over their face. It's yeah, like pulling teeth. Yeah, that, it's, and it shouldn't be. How are you going to stop them from overdoing it when they've been, you know, inside for however long? It's just, I could go on and on about it. I won't. I just think that, you know, when you break your leg, you don't go running until it's like really healed because you can't run very far on a half broken leg without breaking it again. So it's that's like. That's a great, that's, that's great. 
great why comparison. We yeah. right when things just start to get better, why would we just run out and be like, oh? You're oh. always very good with those analogies. Thank you. I, yeah, I yeah. like the uh, death roulette you threw out there earlier too. It was nice. That was good. He always has a good one for whatever the situation is. But it's like, but really though, when you think about it, you have to liken it to these because people lose track of their common sense, and you have to liken it to these common sense things like. If I broke my arm, am I going to go play effing baseball? No. So why are you running around? Like, do you think you're never going to see another ray of sunshine? God willing, you will. You will get drunk with your friends in a stressful environment for way too much money. All too soon. Chill out. Put a mask on and sit on your couch. Like, calm down. That's I'm going to leave it there because I'm going to get worked up. But that's <laughs> I, I I agree with you. Like it's just how I feel, and and I'm saying somebody who 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 curates fun for a lot of my living. I run bars, I bartend, I manage them, I throw parties, I perform. I rely on this culture to to support my life and and that of my family and my cat and everything else. And like, if I'm telling you you need to chill out. I'm like I'm the mayor of the fun telling you to chill out. That's hat. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm just saying, like, it's if I'm telling you to chill out, then you need to chill out. So that's it. Aren't you worried about your livelihood? And I'm trying of to be course. very objective here as your father, you know, and just and, and just, you know, as an interviewer, when you move forward, aren't you concerned about when things are gonna open, when you Absolutely. can go back to making a it's substantial living? Absolutely. But when I start to obsess over that and have anxiety over that, I stop myself and I realize that there's absolutely nothing I can I can do to control that outcome. That is going to be whatever it's going to be. And I would be a hell of a lot more devastated if we all run back and jump the gun and have to start this process all over again and go through this again and stay on the line for unemployment and not get through and be panicking for six weeks like I did or, um, you know, got, or I get it. And then I'm in the hospital and, and that puts stress on my family. I just, you know, there's just so many things. So the only thing I can worry about right now and the only thing anybody can worry about is just follow the damn rules and chill and let it work itself out. Cause we can't, we ultimately have no control over. All right. Let me ask you this. Let me ask both of you this, both of this, both of you this, let's, let's, <laughs> let's, let's, uh, let's pretend for a second. Okay. Let's pretend that tomorrow or starting on Monday, everything is supposedly fine. It's time to go back to work. Your places of employment open back up. Your musical venues open back up. You can perform again. You can manage your bar again. You can serve drinks again. Moving forward, how will you feel? <laughs> um, I, I think that the way we are programmed here in New York as people that are entertainers, performers, freelancers, um, it's just probably going to be business as usual. And I think. Is uh, it? I think. Well, if you're modified saying. Modified in a way. If you're but... saying that starting tomorrow everything's back to normal which is essentially what you were saying i thought yeah and, and, and i'm saying okay let's just say there are there are like here in ohio there are you know 
bars are opening back up and restaurants are opening back up. They have restrictions. You know, they have guidelines to follow for the time being. Yeah. But eventually, eventually they're hoping that those 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 bar and restaurant owners are hoping those restrictions will be lifted. Right. Some people could give a shit about the restrictions. They're you know, they've been, as uh, one of you said, asked elbows in so many places <laughs> here uh, in, in Columbus even. But I mean, I'm talking about, you know, you two as individuals, Danielle, before COVID happened and, and Mike, before COVID uh, occurred, you guys were focused completely on what you were doing as jobs, totally. not only creatively, but professionally, you know? So that first, that first day back, so quick. that first day back, what is that like? I've, Whether you're singing or pouring drinks, what is that first day like? I, I've tried to think about that. I don't honestly I like. I, it just it depends. I don't know. It's going to be a progression. It's going to be a progression. Because it's going to be paranoia. It's not going to just be 100. Uh, you know, everything's back to normal. It's not right. going to be that. Um, and I think that it's kind of an unknown territory, and we're just going to have to go with what we feel is best for ourselves and what we feel is best for the situation. Right. I do know some bar owners and venue owners that do have a plan for 30% capacity and so on and so forth, but we don't really know when that's going to be or. It's also just All a right. very hard thing. To let, let, let me ask you an easier question then. Do you think it's changed forever? A while, a while. You well, know I this is going to be, this is going to have a ricochet effect for a while because it's, you know, as everybody knows, this is New York City and it is expensive to, to even get to eat a hot dog here, let alone have a store or a bar or a restaurant or anything else. I mean, I don't, we haven't really fully seen the, the impact of the aftermath yet. And we won't for a while because we, we really don't know what's going to happen. And if people are smart, they'll chill for a minute, even after that's what I think that's the thing is is being an artist you have a relationship with your you know audience or a bartender you have a relationship with your uh, your your patron so yeah you could get up on a stage and sing and do your thing but if nobody's there to see it if nobody feels comfortable coming out and hang out and engage with you and buy drinks and 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 shoot the shit afterwards then of course something's going you know it's never going to be the same because you I, I, you know, being an artist, there's, there's got, there's always going to be innately that I create, you consume, let's, right. let's do it together. And if there's no one there to do it with you, it's going to work. It's not going to work here. Cause people right. don't, you, you can't do it. They're like, yeah, okay. Watch me. Especially here. Nobody wants to follow the rules. It's just, it's New York. You know, the bars are open till 4am legally. And then who knows how long after in some other places. So it's like, it's just not realistic to say, here's this venue, here's this club, half of you can come in, the other half of you have to stand six feet apart outside. Like, and then what's that line gonna stretch from the right. East West Village? Come on. Like, I ultimately it's, but no, again, right. this is just my feeling or his feeling or whatever. It, we have no idea what's gonna happen. It's out of our control. So it's like one of those things where my plan is to find a happy medium between maintaining my livelihood and taking care of my responsibilities and also protecting myself because people depend on me. And if something happens to me, that domino effect is going to suck too. And I'm not about to, you know, be on a ventilator 
to make some idiot of vodka soda. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, what it comes it. down to. I'm not going to. So it's like, I, I'll do it if there's a gun to my head, but the gun's going to have to be there because I, I want to do it the right way and I want to stay safe. All right. Let me ask you this then. You guys have been locked down, stay at home, and you've been doing it. You've been uh, behaving, for lack of a better word, and doing what you're supposed to do. Creatively, creatively, how has it affected you? Has, has it caused you to be stifled, or have you actually, in some strange way, prospered? I'll let you start with that. Um, I would say that creatively, for me, it was um, an opportunity to tackle projects, personal projects that I, I really hadn't had the time to do. Because when everything's open, um, at least for me, when everything's open and everyone has a show or someone has an event or a party, I like to support people. So I, I go to everyone's function. He does. And I try to be there for all of the people that I know, no matter how I have been friends with them or whatever the case may be. So this opportunity, you know, presented itself because, you know, no, no one could have an event. No one could have anything going on. So it forced me to just stay home and deal with projects and things that I, I could not have tackled otherwise. Um, so in that respect, it's been um, definitely a cool thing to, to have the time. And now that you've had the time to do that, aren't you anxious to get that out there? And are you mm, concerned or worried that you won't be able to get it out there or get it out there the way you want to get it out there? I mean, do I, like, okay, wow, this has been great. I've had time to work on this. Now what do I do with it? Well, I think, I think this, this whole entire thing has made people um, find new ways to expose their work. Yes. So, and honestly, I've, you know, right. I've kind of let go of a lot of the idea of performing live. I DJ a lot often, but, you know, in terms of playing live with my band and doing original music, even last year, I only did one show. Um, I think that there are other avenues in this day and age to um, get your art and creativity out there into the world. Sure. So it doesn't necessarily have to involve being in um you know doing something in person or playing a live show um unfortunately because that is a lot of fun but i think the way the industry has gone now is everything is you know streamed and online content and especially during this situation that has been magnified you guys have done a few things together uh virtually and have streamed them best bar ever which is a great yeah. great place uh, i saw danielle sing bridge over troubled water yes uh at a recent venue you guys did for beauty bar, beauty bar. yeah beauty bar beauty yeah. bar um and uh you know you talk about beauty bar and there was another great bar that is no longer that you guys have fond memories of jerome's that was that was that was like Danielle's home away from home. Uh, a lot of great memories there as well, which I don't know if we'll have time to get into all those. But um, I'm just curious as to uh, where you're at, Danielle, creatively, because you kind of sat on things creatively for a while. And I'm curious if in the last couple of, of months I, I saw, you know, I don't know if you knew this, but I follow you on Instagram. And uh, <laughs> 
saying, I didn't know you had your own Instagram until, until Mike tagged you in it. I would be offended. That's you are just so handicapped with technology and socials that I don't even care. I'll just follow you and wait for you to figure it out. But it, <laughs> anyway. You put out a couple things on Instagram, and I was very, very happy to see that. I was happy to see you get back to the, back to the back to the muse, as it were. Yeah, um, I mean, I I can't really get into the full details of of why I was on hold with that as long as I was, but I was, and um, and that's one thing, like having this time to myself and the various personal things that have come up in the midst of quarantine and things that kind of I don't know just happened beforehand um it freed up a lot of space in my mind you know i i work a lot and i have a lot of you know i have all four burners going at once at all times um like my dad so sometimes you know you have to kind of put things in order of priority on any given day you know based on survival or family or money or you know who even knows what it is and and having the time to myself forced me to have pick up my guitar again and revisit my journals and my music and start working on new things and thinking of new ideas and new projects. And I have done that. And I, you know, I am very protective over that stuff. I don't like to throw it in people's faces all the time and shove it like, Hey, look at me. I can sing. I can sing. I just like to wait until it's ready and then I'll put it there. Um, so, and that is something that's definitely going to come soon. And also with the help of him, Mike's, I can't wait. I'm excited. Constantly yeah, I'm encouraging me and constantly pushing me. And that's why he's my best friend and my soulmate. Really. Yeah. This is all one of the reasons, one of the reasons I love him the way I do, because he is, he Always. is that. If I'm like, Oh, I can't hit that Guys. note. I can't do it. He's like, you just shut up. He just, you know, he like, he's just note. sing the damn yeah. Absolutely. And I, I hope, I hope he continues to do it. Uh, you know, I, it, it is hard for me as as the host of this show to interview my own daughter and then to say to people who are listening, my daughter is a great singer-songwriter, but I I know that she is. I've listened to the songs. Hansbury, you heard Whiskey Shot. You heard that. You heard Whiskey Shot. I played that song for We're you. We're going to record that very soon. Huh? We're going to record it very soon and yes. release it. And release it, you know. Yeah. That's that's and that's. I say whiskey shop because it's whiskey business. But but there are so many other songs as well. And you know, while I've been cleaning out, you know, taking time to okay. uh, now I got time to go upstairs and and, and clear out shit. And I'm going through uh, your room and and your crate of uh, a crap of over the last you know <laughs> twenty years. And I I find. I find these uh, these creative journals that have all these great lyrics in them and all these great songs in them, and I bet you and 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 I know that I, as a writer, have 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 written stuff down and completely forgotten about it because I wrote it five years ago or ten years ago, and I went, oh, oh, look at this, I forgot about this, and I I guarantee you that there's probably books up there with lyrics. To songs and ideas that you have probably forgotten about, probably. and and, I, and I've, made, I've made a separate pile of stuff that you know I make sure she gets this, and you know maybe it'll maybe it'll push her in the right direction to do whatever she needs to do, and, and find something in all of that as well. Um, 
Because here's the deal, guys, whether it's John Whitney, Greg Hansberry, Mike Greco, Danielle Tripotis, or myself, Dino Tripotis, um, we're all creative people in our own way, in our own, in our own way, in our own sense. And uh, the one thing that creative people can't do, they are literally uh, in the creative world. We are sharks. And you know what they say about sharks? Sharks keep moving. If they stop moving, they die. Oh, yeah. So creatively speaking. Punch them in the eye if they bite. Yeah, or no, no, actually in the nose. nose. In the nose. In the nose. Um, but, yeah, so creatively speaking, we are all sharks. We all have to keep moving at some way, shape, or form through the water of all this shit before it's all said and done. And sometimes it's very, very hard. I will tell you personally that it has been very, very hard to sometimes move on creatively. And you start to, especially with all this shit that's been going on the last couple of months, you start to doubt the world. You start to doubt yourself. And you start to doubt and think, what's the fucking point? Right. But yeah. you can't. You can't. You have to continue to move forward as difficult as it may be sometimes. So I hope, I hope and pray that both of you who are, you know, considerably young in the game, yeah, continue to do so and, and, and move forward. You got a lot of amazing, amazing creative years ahead of both of you. So I hope that once all this does clear and we get back to some sense of normalcy that uh, nothing but amazing things are going to come from both of you. And I will be there to applaud it and share it and brag about it and have and, a and drink and about it <laughs> and drink upon it. Yes. <laughs> all of those things, all of them. So I sincerely hope that that's, that's the case. I hope that, you know, that you guys are seeing light at the end of the tunnel. Um, and granted that, that's just a scary fucking tunnel. I mean, Jesus Christ. Uh, I just read an article today where the rats are eating themselves because they, they have nowhere to go in I New York City. <laughs> There's not so, enough garbage for me to eat. Those yeah, rats are hungry. Those rats are hungry. Yeah, so, you know, uh, so hopefully. Who are you waving uh -oh, at? Uh-oh. Daniel and Mike have a guest coming through. Moxie just woke up. My little disabled special needs angel cat. Where are you going? All right. She's there she goes. The right, she's in a cone. She just, just cried out. Uh, I think, I think I think she's talking about a cat. Yeah. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. All right. All right. You're so yeah. All right. Look, guys, we gotta we gotta start wrapping it up. Okay. Um, it, it is that time. Um, so, uh, thank you both, and also thanks to uh, Kern Rodriguez for yeah, for Thanks, Kern. Whitney, that uh, he'll, he'll never be able to make again. <laughs> no, I'll make it. I, I really liked it. Actually, I'll probably make it again. I yeah. love. I love the grapefruit. I've juice. got all this grapefruit juice. I gotta make it again. <laughs> I love grapefruit juice. That's enough for at least twenty more. That's true. <laughs> at least. <laughs> Let's start right now. Oh man, good. Uh, he was uh, his Venmo was at Kern Dash Rodriguez too. You know, throw him a bone. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Is there anything you guys want to push or plug to let everybody know about uh, that they should check out and see or 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 do that we should uh, share with everybody? You know that we're not. I would just say keep a lookout. We're going to be probably doing some things oh, in the next for sure. month yeah. or two. And I mean, we're know. not going to be out running around, but we, being that we've been locked up for you know two and a half months, it's we're feeling comfortable like being here together. Before we haven't done this. No, until we now. This is right. I know it's first time. I get it. So it's like you know maybe now we won't push it, but we'll you know push it together in a confined setting. Yes. Um, I'm doing the, the other things I'm doing. I mean, I do a lot of animal rights uh, donations and charities and stuff. I'm really passionate about that. And I help a lot of homeless animals in my neighborhood. And I'm, you know, a lot of one thing I will say, is, uh, you know, any kind of stray situation, they really depend on people being out and and there being things to eat and people taking care of them. And if people are inside all the time and they're not having, you know, as much fun or they're not throwing away as much food or, you know, whatever it is they suffer. So if you have it in your heart, set out a little bit of food. If you have strays in your area, please do that. And there's a lot of uh, rescues that I follow that you can. I know, I know, I know. Let somebody else take a cat in. Without, without, <laughs> not, there's other people that can take cats in. Well, the, better get on it because I'm running out of space. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no. no kidding. Uh, Rudy, who has been on our show before, Rudy Alexi says, Danielle and Mike, you were awesome tonight. Thank you. There it is. It pops Thank right you. there. Thank so, you. Uh, this is great. Uh, Joey Patron, good friend of mine. Enjoyed the show. Interesting insight. A lot of people. Hey, Joey. Doug Anderson, another enjoyable show. Thanks to all. You guys knocked it out of the park this evening. Uh, along with the help of Kern Rodriguez, who I'd like to talk to again sometime. If Kern's still listening, we'll, uh, he we'll, we'll be He's a big shot. I mean, he's the head bartender at a like at a Michelin star award-winning uh, hotel. Kern and I bartended together for a number of years, and I love working with him, and it's great because he's a great co-pilot. And, you know, we turn and burn, whatever. But he's like, I'll be over there like... Like getting stuff out, I'm like, yeah, uh huh, uh huh, uh huh, and he's like learning people's life stories. He's lighting orange peels on fire, <laughs> doing, doing all this stuff. It's like it's good balance, but it's like he is so in it, and he's so into it, and he's so passionate about what he does. Good for him, I want him on the show, and he's got good uh, shaker motion. It's really yeah. good. Yeah. Well, I, I think yeah, that, you that, have that, that, <laughs> shaker motion, John. Yeah, you you got to work on that. No, I think there being a good like, bartender, you. It's know. just as much being a relationship builder with your customer as it is making a good drink. You got to be likable and, 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 and enjoy that story. Yeah. Rudy said John's getting a job at High Bank as a, yeah, yeah. No, no, he's not. <laughs> John not a good Whitney. idea. John Whitney is an amazing director. John Whitney makes amazing videos. John Whitney does an amazing job on whiskey business, but John but Whitney ain't a bartender. He's not a mixologist. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a hell of a barback, though. I'm a hell of a barback. <laughs> really hard to come by. Good one. That's, that's, I can stock that ice like the best of them. We will, we will put the, uh... I was serious about earlier before we go. I'm going to, I'm going to put this into everybody's heads again. Uh, the Amy Winehouse show. We yep. could do that here in Ohio. We could do that in Columbus. We're, we're uh, uh, we could do that 
Oh, oh shit! I know exactly. Hansberry, I know exactly where we could do it—a nice, small, intimate venue. Yeah, Talk to Randy Malloy and do it at the big room. Oh, oh yeah, the big room. Uh, uh-huh. yeah. yeah, do it at the big room. He would, he would, he would, he would welcome that in a, in a heartbeat. Yeah, for sure. We could do that. We could make that happen once everybody's. Well, the wig is traveling. Living room on a wig head right now. Yeah, I've had, I have the same wig too. So you just borrow mine. You do. <laughs> What's that on your head? <laughs> uh, back to the cocktail. I will make sure that we get that recipe uh, on on uh, on social medias and stuff. Uh, it seems like it could be kind of fun for our uh, our uh, fans to try to attempt to make. Yep, it'd be a good cocktail. I mean, it, John Whitney, if John Whitney signed off on it, but I haven't met a drink that John Whitney didn't like. <laughs> I love cocktails. It's good. It was good. Doing shark moves. Did you like that? Part? Speaking of which, tonight's guest bottle has been He's the, uh, the uh, old Maysville Club Rye, one hundred percent rye with a with a that has been malted. It is delicious. It's expensive. If you go to Maysville, Kentucky, and visit the old Pope Distillery, uh, pick this up as well if you can. It's eighty bucks a bottle, but it's well worth it, and it's almost gone so that's going to be a very sad time in my life when that disappears that has been the guest bottle along with everything else that everybody's been drinking um let's go back to our guests here real quick so i can say a proper goodbye because i don't get to see my kid as often as i'd like uh i love you both thank you both for being with us tonight. i hope you guys had a good time this evening good. Uh, you had a, a you had a lot of insight and a lot of good things to say and i appreciate that and I, I think, and also just selfishly, as as a dad, you know, I got to I got to spend some time with my kid tonight. So uh, that 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 alone was uh, just a, a bonus for me. Uh, you know, what's that? Phone lines are always open. You're busier than I am. You always are. Oh, please! And now he knows how to uh, you know do video <laughs> chat, Danielle. Don't let him out of it. Don't out of it. <laughs> I have to, I have joined my daughter on a couple of Zoom chats, which have been very enlightening. Yes. Very enlightening. Yeah. yeah my birthday Zoom. My my birthday <laughs> Zoom was there's so many gay men in it that my dad was like, Well, it's my first yeah, time in a gay Marianne chat room. A, <laughs> <laughs> you sure about yeah. that? Marianne hosted on, like- her, on, her, on her birthday Zoom, I talked to more gay men in one night. Than I did, than I have in my entire sixty-one years on the board. My grinder, might as well. It was, it was, it was wonderful. It was great. It was great. All right, Mike Greco, thank you, sir. No, it was great to talk to you. I had a lot of fun. Thanks for having us. Let me just, you know, when I first met you, I liked you right from the get-go. I still do. I love you. You're a great guy. You're good to my daughter. You're good for my daughter. And if you two ever do decide to marry, despite the fact that there is a huge disparity, <laughs> I applaud it completely. I applaud it and I accept it completely. Tax break yeah. is amazing. Just, uh, just, just, just elope because I'm not paying for that fucking wedding. No. <laughs> no, but, but I will pay for one hell of a party afterwards. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to let you two guys go, and we're going to wrap things up. Thank you to Danielle Tripodis, my daughter, and Mike Greco. Thank you, guys. 
I'll Thank be talking you so to you much. soon. It's so much fun. Uh, make sure you share this afterwards with all of your friends and let everybody know that you were on Whiskey Business, the podcast not so much about whiskey as it is one with whiskey. Back to Hansberry for some closing uh, business so we can tell everybody to remind everybody where to go, what to do. No, Christopher, that is not a dead snake at the door. That is an old <laughs> scarf that hasn't been moved. But go ahead, Hansberry. It's 80 up. degrees out. Why does he need a scarf? Um, uh, subscribe to Whiskey Business on your favorite podcasting app now available on iTunes uh, or iHeart and um, uh, Spotify. Uh, Spotify. Us and, us and Joe Rogan. We like he, Joe. Joe Rogan and I share an office down the road. Yeah, so, no, yeah. you, you, really you really don't. Yeah, but yeah we do. Uh, <laughs> so thank Got you uh, to all of you subscribers. Share Whiskey Business uh, with all of your friends, uh, your comedy loving friends, your alcoholic friends <laughs> and uh, we are on uh, Facebook which you might be watching right now thank you very much uh, uh, like us if you haven't share if you're watching on YouTube thank you very much like us and share and uh, subscribe um, uh, also let's see what else here um, oh we're on uh, Instagram Twitter uh, whiskeybusinesspod.com where you can find all of it including our whiskey wisdoms and some blogs that Dino wrote and uh uh, actually, it, it, oh, and coming up this Sunday, uh, episodes uh, 12 and 13 of uh, ESPN's The Last Dance. We're in that one as well. Uh, yeah, and on uh, Disney Plus, I think. Really? Uh, okay. Also, to check out the latest Whiskey Wisdom, there are 10 in total. If you missed any of them, you can watch them on YouTube or on our website, again, at whiskeybusinesspod.com. A lot of people have missed out on some of the early ones. Much like anything, they didn't really start to burn through and, and get noticed to like the seventh <laughs> one. So we we're going to do. <laughs> find a way to repackage them all so everybody can yeah. check them out again. Also... I'm very happy to say that I think next week uh, we have to decide if we're going to still go Facebook Live and YouTube Live, which I think we might. But I think the band is getting back together face to face. I think the three of us are actually going to do some safe distancing and broadcast from a new location here at Casa Tripod. We're going to be out at the pond in yeah. the backyard. Bar. So, Jeff uh, you know. You know the pond, Danielle knows the pond very well. Uh, we'll be back at, at, at the and at, at which is going to be a little disruptive because I went back there today, and right above the uh, flat screen TV in the pond is the loveliest little bird nest uh -oh. that some. And I saw the bird while I was back there today come over and kind of look at me like, "Don't you? What? What the? What are you doing? Are you? What are you? What? What are you? What are you?" You know, so now I have to find a way to gently move the nest no. over to some place very no, you touch it, you touch it, the human touch, they they're done. You gotta wear gloves, Pa. You gotta yeah, that's on. not really true. That's not really true. You have to come wear on, my grandma <laughs> told me that. I'm gonna ace Ventura that place one of these days, I swear to God. <laughs> You're gonna what? I'm gonna ace Ventura the hell out of that house one of these days. I'm just gonna the doorbell's gonna ring and I'm gonna answer it with like a squirrel on my head and 10 cats and a raccoon. And it's just perfect for my animals. My a vision of the future. <laughs> a vision of the future. That wouldn't be that. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're going to you're gonna have to up it, amp it up a little bit. If you want to be, <laughs> we want a llama there. We want a llama in the backyard. A llama. Thanks Rudy. 
but but I'm like excited that. excited about seeing Hansberry and Whitney face to face again for a podcast next week in the pond and we as we get back to a little bit of normalcy as well. But the reaction to Facebook Live and YouTube Live has been good, so we might still keep doing it that way as well. Um, we'll see. James Walker says that's a myth about moving the bird nest. So I can move the bird, and Jamie Walker knows. So I can move. I can move the bird's nest. I can move the bird's nest over to some other spot in the pond, so it still feels familiar. That bird looked at me like, "Come on, man! I'm trying to raise a family here. What are you doing?" You know, and and I, I yeah, I got it. I got to take. Care of it. Yeah. So, all right. So um, once again, big thanks to our audio producer, Greg Hansberry. A uh, little yeah. bit of Lou Reed in the background tonight. You got Lou Reed as the choice. Actually, it's uh, New York, you know, I thought. Uh, you oh, know, nice. A lot of our New Yorkians. Very nice. Very nice. And John, I got, a, I, a, got a, I got a Lou Reed location, too. You're in a different location tonight, too. Where are you at? I'm in my uh, dining room. What's uh, your Lou Reed story? My Lou Reed story is that I, I uh, worked on the music video that he was in here in Columbus. And we were, he was about to do a sound check, and I was standing at his microphone in the stage center at the, stage center at the Palace Theater, and uh, I was standing there getting focus marks for the for the cameras. And he comes up to me next to me, and he says, "You mind if I stand there?" And I looked at him, and it, it's not looking at Lou Reed like this. It's down. Look at Lou Reed like that, and I said, <laughs> "Sure, if you want to stand here." And I moved over, and that's my Lou Reed story. Mean you know, not many people can say that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, no, because Danielle's, Danielle's made a bunch of famous people. In fact, one of those pictures that you flashed that we didn't even get to was um, the picture of uh, there he is, oh, that guy right there. I love Bob. I got to sing for him on his birthday, which was terrifying, but also amazing. But who is that? Bob Gruen is the legendary rock and roll photographer. That photo that everybody worships of John Lennon, he took that. Yeah, he took that and thousands um, of them. Among well. thousands yeah. of them. Yeah. That was and like, you, got a, you got a picture with him and you sang at his birthday party. That's pretty I cool. I did. And it, yes, I. You had a lot of watershed moments, Danielle. Yeah. And you're going to have more, kiddo. I just know you are. I think I think that the second half of your life and career is going to be the one that where, that you blossom and, and, and truly, truly grow because uh, that's how adversity works. Trust me. That's how adversity works. You know, you, you take it, you take it, you get beaten down, you get beaten down, and then all of a sudden you you just rise from the ashes. So, you know, um, amongst the lows, there have been extreme highs. So, you know, I'm not, I don't take anything for granted. I realize that I've lived a life and met people and done things and performed on stages and sung with people and, and been next to my heroes in my lifetime. And that's not, that's something that a lot of people go their whole lives and they can't they say. Have, so, yeah. you know, it's, it's easy to take for granted, but I don't, you know, I, I don't take for granted that people that I, you, you have been next to Deborah Harry. You had Lady Gaga sitting in your lap. I did. Yes, I did. And I do. Right out loud. You know, it's a big, I don't take it for granted to have, you know, people when you grow up worshiping rock and roll and music, like I did as a kid, I would find any reason in the world to not go to school just so I could stay home and record videos off MTV and just adore it all day long. And then to, you know, have that transcend into them knowing who you are and, you know, saying hi to you and even being friends with them at, in some 
ways. Like it's performing with them, being at events for them, singing for them. It's like, you know, who can, who can complain about that? So obviously yeah. I let want me, more and more. Let me, let, more. Let, me close, let me close with this. What did the lady guy say when she plopped into your lap? Oh my God. I don't know. We're so you remember. You remember. friends. I really don't. She just, I was it's sitting been with, she's, she's been she's, flopping around us multiple yeah, times. Been, we're, we've days. had so, we have so many connections to her and uh, which is amazing. But you know, one of our closest friends who happened to be a close friend of hers was sitting drinking with me. And so she came over and she sat in my lap, you know, I, I don't know. It just is what it is. These things that seemed totally normal at the time at the time and, sure lady gaga yeah. sitting in your lap that's yeah that happens all yeah. the time here in used to seeing people in that in your environment you know because we saw her all the time she was you know every time she was in town she would pop up because we are you know close with people she's close with so i remember just, yeah. sat in my lap once i'll never hey, forget Dino What's said that? my lap once i'll never forget yeah, that either yeah 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 that was special wasn't it yeah. Not in my lap once too. I thought that. Was <laughs> and and your re your reaction was "ow," right? Uh, you know, Greg. Oh, give me more. Yeah. <laughs> really? So All right, kids. We're gonna wrap it up. All right, Daniela, Mike. Again, thank you so much, Hansberry. Thank you, John Whitney. Thank you, uh, and uh, thank everybody who's been tuning into these uh, remote broadcasts. We're, we're probably still going to do them on some level uh, down the line because it's worked out well. But um, as we uh, get closer and closer to what we hope is some sort of normalcy, honest to God, people, I don't know. I don't know. I hear about second waves. I hear about spiking in other states. I hear people rushing out to things too quickly and everybody think everything moving too fast. I, 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 I don't know. As I've said on many podcasts before, I don't judge. I don't preach. I just hope. I just hope that things can get back to some sort of normalcy so that we can all, you know, once again, join together as friends and family and get back to uh, some sense of life that we knew before all this crazy shit happened. And we will adapt and grow and learn because that's what we do as human beings. Much like I said earlier with the shark analogy, we're all sharks, be it creative or in life. We have to keep moving or we'll die. And I plan on, on, on continuing to move as much as I possibly can. Sometimes a lot slower than I want to. And sometimes not as efficiently as I want to. But moving nonetheless. So, my friends, until the next bottle, God bless you. See ya. The Korean War has sadly been known as the Forgotten War, but half a century earlier, the United States was locked in a bloody conflict in Asia that's been all but erased from the history books. Hi, I'm Alex Hasty, the host of Ohio vs. the World, an American history podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. In our newest episode, we speak to experts about the Philippine-American War, America's first Asian counterinsurgency conflict. The heroes, the villains, will discuss President McKinley, Admiral Dewey, the vicious brutality of the fighting and the scandals and war crimes that nearly sunk Theodore Roosevelt's presidency. Check out our show, Ohio vs. the World, on the Evergreen Podcast Network for our new episode about America's most forgotten war. Now back to the show.